Welcome to Aquifer's Educator Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Robbins. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Catherine Chrétien about her work as an author and student affairs dean. In this episode, we'll discuss the benefit and meaning she derives from collaborating with students in both of her roles. We'll review examples of enhancements she was able to make by incorporating student voices into her recent book, as well as aquifer projects related to addressing diversity, equity, and inclusion. Dr. Chrétien is Professor of Medicine, Associate Dean for Medical Student Affairs, and Director of Medical Student Wellness at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. She's also a Student Engagement Group co-lead for Aquifer. Kathy, your approach to actively engaging students in all the creative work you do is so inspiring. I look forward to learning more about it. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. To provide some context for our discussion, could you tell me a little bit about your history as a student affairs dean and how you work with students in that role? I assumed a student affairs dean position six years ago. That was a dream come true for me. My role was very specifically around career advising. I'm a guide for them, someone that can help show them steps ahead to help them not worry about steps ahead, which I think is very important and giving perspective sometimes about, you know, 20 years later, you see things very differently and what's important Mm -hmm. and making sure that students are keeping that perspective in mind and not getting too wrapped up in the small details. It sounds like providing advice and guidance is really important to you. So along those lines, tell me about your most recent book publication. The book is called, I Wish I Read This Book Before Medical School. It's basically advice for medical students, for both pre-medical students and current medical students about how to thrive in medical school. Things like finding a mentor and getting involved in research and even how to study during the preclinical years where you're approaching learning in a whole different way than in college. I seriously would wish I knew all these things as I was going through <laughs> medical school. Um, it's kind of like traps that people fall into or, you know, comparing yourself to others, or imposter syndrome, all these things that I dealt with that I could have had an easier time if I heard about some of these things beforehand and knew what to expect. Are there topics you'd like to call attention to? Things you wish you'd known more about? Things for me involve um, prioritizing well-being. Well-being and resilience can feel like just another thing to fail at, Mm -hmm. but it's along with that, besides knowing that that is really important to your overall growth as a person and a physician, it's also self-compassion and being able to forgive yourself for things and to realize that every failures happen to everyone. Um, And then that mindset of a growth mindset is so critical and really just seeing times of failure as indicators of what to focus on to get better and know that with time and hard work, you can get there. And I'm curious because you do have a habit of involving students in in your projects, whether you did involve any students in this particular project. I did. Yes. I had student readers, some students who would read and give feedback about what worked and what didn't work and their suggestions. And I also you know, had some students working on 
like the glossary at the end and just helping to give that perspective and, and touch, which is, is so important in my career and, and everything I do. Anything that they that stands out in your mind that they guided you towards or away from? I think the most helpful feedback was around what was practical, like what they really wanted to know. And also throughout the book, there are quotes from students too. Oh, nice. Their own advice for peers about navigating certain situations or choosing a specialty. And there's actually some excerpts written by students. So there was a student who wrote um, a page on navigating a long distance relationship while in medical school. And then one student writes about how they navigated board study. Students love near peer advice. You know, students who just went through what they went through have such valuable advice that I can't match. So having their voice in here in this book was very important. That is so ingenious. Thank you. (laughs) Well, it has both student quotes as well as faculty quotes too. Oh, it does. um, Gave various advice and quotes about various aspects. Well, the book sounds like a fantastic resource and a model for engaging students in improving their medical school experience. So um, I'd like to switch gears now and find out more about your history with Aquifer and student engagement in Aquifer's educational projects. Sure. I so First of all, I've, I've been involved with Aquifer for many years in, in different roles. And I had wanted to work in a space with more student presence and voice, because that's how the rest of my career was going. And that brings me the most joy. So that was one goal was to work with students directly. Um, And number two is we've received feedback about some of the language in the cases of Aquifer that could be improved in terms of the way race and culture were addressed and realized that we need to revisit this and bring our contemporary thinking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and the language we use to the cases. And so that really was how the project was born. It was, it was with a wonderful partner, Steve Scott, and it was with students. So we had a national call for students interested in this work that had been involved in their schools, maybe curriculum development around race and culture, and had amazing applicants, more expert than the two of us, you know, faculty leads. And so it was about letting them and guiding them and helping us look at this and look at the cases and coming up with a tool that we could apply to the aquifer cases. So could you describe the project for me? We conducted a literature review to begin with, looking for best practices about how to teach about race and culture and to also identify the challenges. And from that, we came up with a framework and looked at many of the aquifer teaching cases to look at what areas we can improve. And based on that, came up with this evidence-based guide that case reviewers or editors could use to go through the case and make changes to improve them. So it was a very comprehensive guide, including the evidence behind each of the, the recommendations, as well as a glossary. 
Can you provide some examples of how you addressed some of the challenges and pitfalls associated with teaching about race and culture in healthcare? There are many different pitfalls, <laughs> and we tried to address them through this this guide, including, you know, attributing a disparity to like biology versus social structural determinants of health. So, you know, really looking through what what do we say and what does that mean? And do we have evidence behind this? And how would you characterize the student's role in this project? The students really like drove this project um, in terms of the content and the analysis and coming up with examples like they they were unbelievable. So it was a true, true pleasure to work with them. You seem incredibly willing and able to adopt a stance of cultural humility when working with students. It makes you so open to changing your teaching approaches. I really like that. I think that's a great way to put it. Things have changed over the years. Our understanding of things have changed and it's, it's learning and applying these things to our, our lives and our, our jobs. And it's being humble enough to, to realize that, that we do have to change and we do have to educate ourselves. You know, the Race and Culture Project really has legs. We had the publication and academic medicine with two student co-first authors. That was so wonderful and presented it at national meetings as workshops, you know, accepted to these big meetings so we could talk about the tool and have faculty learn to use the tool. And then afterwards, you know, we, we constantly get requests about, you know, can we use this for our medical education curriculum and doing our revision or, or by the way, we did use this and it was so helpful. And so being able to contribute that to the medical education community has been so rewarding this work that worked hand in hand with students to create. So it's so proud of that, that project and glad that it's, it's helped others. And do you imagine taking on another project similar or what's in the works for you in working with students and aquifer in the future? So, uh, you know, after that project, you know, my role was a student engagement co-lead and we had a student and have a student advisory board that I helped facilitate to get critical student voices on ideas that Aquifer was testing and feedback on content. Um, And that's been truly helpful to get, you know, honest feedback from the end users. I think an example would really help to demonstrate how students are adding value to Aquifer. Could you provide one? We had a session for discussion around how to incorporate basic sciences into the aquifer cases. And that discussion and feedback from students really helped shape our approach to the learning design and how we would incorporate basic sciences. Like their their voices and feedback around that was unbelievably helpful. It's not something that we would know about how they prefer to to get that material. So that's that's one example. And I would say another example is they gave wonderful feedback about what they would like to have known about how to use the cases 
and what they learned kind of later on, what they would have liked to know from the beginning that helped inform our student orientation materials. So we actually designed materials based on that feedback to address those gaps in what they, they wish they knew early on. So there's so many different examples, but their voice has been critical to improving how we approach our tools and our content and implementation of that. That we're so glad that you know we have this this group to to give us that feedback. What advice would you have for faculty, deans, curriculum committees in engaging students in a meaningful way? I think having very open and honest communication, you know, so that there's mutual respect, so that there's understanding and there's feedback too. Students are becoming professionals and going through professional identity development and being able to give that feedback on, oh, this is maybe even more effective if you, you know, shared your ideas this way. Um, and vice versa, listening very intensely and carefully to their feedback and understanding where that's coming from and making very honest efforts to incorporate that to the best of your ability or to be very transparent about why you cannot. We can't always do everything that students have feedback on, but you need to circle back and explain the rationale. Having that communication and transparency both ways, I think is very important. Um, And also for faculty to always be cognizant of the position that students are in. Sometimes they're in vulnerable positions. Sometimes they might get put in situations to give feedback where they don't have the appropriate background or experiences to be able to, to comment on that. And so being very attuned to where they can best contribute. Well, Kathy, I think you've made a really compelling case for creating educational alliances with students. And I appreciate your making time to share this model of engaging with students to improve health professions education. They seriously are a future. And I think we all benefit by elevating that voice It's really been a pleasure speaking with you today. I've I've learned so much. Thanks for joining us this week for Aquifer's Educator Connection Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion about the value of engaging with students to improve health professions education. To learn more about Kathy and her important work, see the show notes from today's episode at aquifer.org. There, you can also find information about our podcast series, our Teaching Perspectives in Pearls blog, and our webinar and web shops. You can subscribe and listen to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter to keep up with the latest news. While you're at it, if you found value in the podcast, tell a colleague and leave us a review. Until next time, be well. The Aquifer Educator Connection Podcast is a product of Aquifer, your trusted source for clinical learning. It is produced and hosted by Lynn Robbins. The show's executive producer is Eileen Olszewski. Audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Show artwork by Carrie Waters. Our theme music, Little Idea, is written and performed by Scott Holmes. For more information, please visit our website, www.aquifer.org.